Hi, it has been so exciting seeing the registrations coming in for our Revive Lifestyle Medicine Safari Retreat in Africa happening this January 2025. If this has been on your bucket list or if you have already gone and you cannot wait to go back, now is the time to save your spot. We'll be having incredible wildlife viewing excursions, including primate trekking, seeing elephants, rhinos, giraffes, lions, and more. Cultural experiences with local guides, healthful food in beautiful accommodations, participating in a service project, and sharing expertly guided lifestyle medicine activities, including nutrition, physical activity, stress relief, sleep, connection, nature, and more. How can you find out more about it? Well, go to the website, stressfreemd.net slash safari-retreat. That's stressfreemd.net slash safari-retreat, where you can learn more about our incredible itinerary and save your spot. CME is included for healthcare professionals. Any questions, reach out, and I cannot wait to share this incredibly transformative experience with you. Hi everyone and welcome to the Stress-Free MD Podcast, where you learn how to be stress-free from the inside out, elevate your calm and live your best, healthiest life. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Tiger, your self-care doctor. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Stress-Free MD Podcast. I am really excited that you're here today because we have a special guest. My friend, Dr. Emmy Strasberg is here, and Dr. Strasberg is board certified in OBGYN and maternal fetal medicine. And for those of you who are not in healthcare, maternal fetal medicine is the study and care of complicated and high-risk pregnancies. So individuals that have other special things going on and they need specialists to help take care of them, whether it be them or their fetus during their pregnancies. Dr. Strasberg is the expert in that. She's on staff at Shenandoah Valley Maternal Fetal Medicine, which covers both Virginia and West Virginia. And she has a special interest in research pertaining to patient education, fetal growth curves, and patient and provider approaches towards vaccination during pregnancy. Her contributions have been recognized both nationally and internationally as she presented her papers in both locations. She's also a certified life coach, and that's where we met. We've coached each other, and she's wonderful. And while we were coaching, while we were chatting about different things, she learned about my RX Inner Peace program, program that is a CME-accredited program for physicians that you've heard me chat about. And what became really important to me that she taught me was that the program wasn't only for her and her own self-care, but she was interested in the program to help her patients. And what Dr. Strasberg taught me was that stress, maternal stress, impacts not only the mother, but the fetus, the unborn child. And that was incredibly impactful that, that whatever she was learning, she was going to be able to teach her patients so they could help their unborn children. 
And so I warmly, warmly welcome Dr. Strasberg here. She is also the co-host of the Journal Club on the Beloved Holistic Podcast. So Dr. Strasberg, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's a nice introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're pretty amazing. (laughs) Thank you. So if you could share with our audience what you shared with me, you know, through your lens, the lens of the maternal fetal medicine physician, what you've come to understand with respect to stress and the impact that it has not only on the mother, the, the woman carrying the fetus, but the fetus and then the, then the child after the child is born. Yeah. Well, I'm still learning a lot about it, uh, but <laughs> I went to this amazing conference at Children's National in DC and I think it was, that was 2019 on the effect of maternal mental health on the fetal brain development, which was fascinating, but also pretty disturbing (laughs) that maternal stress and mental health, it seems does in many cases significantly impact fetal brain development and can be associated with, you know, higher chances of developmental issues and mental health issues in, in their children and offspring. If not well controlled. And then specifically the one thing they went into there in detail was um, adverse childhood events and impact on epigenetics and fetal brain development. So that was fascinating. But the big takeaway for me was that this, you know, maternal mental health, of course, impacts fetal development. And then the other thing they went over a little bit was mother and child bonding after delivery, especially after traumatic delivery. And it was it was a really eye-opening conference, but you know what my my partner and I who both went came out of that with was that you know we really just want to figure out how to support our patients with their mental health more. And I think for me, that was one of my first steps into wanting to do coaching because <laughs> I, I had been doing some life coaching and I knew how much that had impacted my own path towards better mental health. And um, I guess I don't even want to say mental health, like mental hygiene. <laughs> yeah. Not like I ever ever had any like significant mental health problems, but certainly much better after life coaching. And they they did point out some some studies in that conference on the impact of mindfulness on anxiety and pregnancy and outcomes. So that showed me that's one thing that we can do. That's not a pill or medication or anything expensive (laughs) Mm -hmm. that can impact patient care. So then you know how do you teach patients that? And it just for me, I don't have a lot of time and it, I just individualize it. You know, if, if the patient is open to exploring different ways to, to try to keep up mental hygiene, we, we do talk about different types of meditation and grounding exercises. And some of it is just that from our coaching world reminder that our primitive brain is there to, to keep us safe. So sometimes that manifests as anxiety and it doesn't necessarily mean that anything's going wrong. And then I have started to look into trauma-informed care and things like that too, because what I'm finding is really what a lot of my patients are dealing with is trauma. Mm. And whether that is trauma as in like past abuse or more commonly in my patients, a past pregnancy trauma, like where they had an emergency C-section and they didn't really ever process that. And they're still feeling like something went terribly wrong, even, even if they have a healthy child, right? Or... They had a baby, they had a pregnancy loss and sort of trying to come to terms and enjoy the next pregnancy with that also ever present. So what I've been doing recently is just trying to figure out how to navigate that and, and be like a support for them in that, you know. 
So that's, that's been where my journey's gone so far. Um, I had one of my classmates from coaching and a couple other coaches did a room on pregnancy loss on Clubhouse for a while, which was really very eye-opening and amazing for me. And it's just, we just really held a space for an hour where people could come and just discuss their pregnancy losses and how, like what their journey with that was, which is really eye-opening for me as a physician, because I only see it from my side, right? And then mm-hmm. to hear what, you know, people hear when you tell them things and the biggest, I think the biggest part of pregnancy loss trauma is that pe- nobody talks about it. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about it with you, right? Like everybody wants to just it to be okay. And they don't want to have the discomfort of talking about the loss, but it's really important to move past it. And one of the ways people can do that, it's not the only way, but one of the ways is, is to be able to talk about it with people. And a lot of the patients that I talk to, it's like, you know, I just want to be able to keep the memory of my child alive, but yeah. nobody wants to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So your patients can come to you with stress for many different reasons, whether it's a past traumatic pregnancy, whether they've had abuse in their life, whether they're extremely anxious about what their specific reason for coming to you, like why they're high risk in the first place, you know, that could cause a lot mm-hmm. of stress. And so you described that the conference you went to and what you've come to learn is that this can then it turn into affecting epigenetics. Mm-hmm. and adverse child events. So can experiences. So can you share with our audience who may not even know what those two things are, what, the, so, what they are and, you know, what that means? Yeah. So epigenetics is really like, just like trauma that's passed on genetically. And I think they've done studies with, you know, certainly the African-American population who ha- descended from slaves and, and everything that has to do with racism and that, how that's internalized and, shows up in epigenetics, but also Holocaust Holocaust survivors and how sometimes that trauma is also passed down through generations. Adverse childhood events, it's really like there's a, you can go online and look, there's, you know, questionnaires you can take and scores you can get, but basically you exposed to violence or trauma in childhood and higher scores can influence how, you know, women, women experience pregnancy and their fetus experience development in pregnancy and beyond. But they did find actually was that they, 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 they made a different score of positive childhood events. I don't know if it's actually called, po- it's basically, it's like the opposite of adverse childhood events and they do balance each other out. So mm-hmm. children that have had good events in their childhood to balance out some of the, the trauma do tend to have less of, carry less of that trauma with them. I think that, that was the answer to your two questions. Yeah. 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 Just because I know that we have healthcare professionals that are listening, but we also have individuals who are not in the healthcare field. And I want them to be able to understand um, what you're sharing because it's so important. And these are two topics that decades ago, when I was going through medical school, we never learned about the fact that we can pass down to our offspring, you know, through our genetics, our past experiences you know, that they can be affected. So the importance of keeping ourselves as healthy as possible, you know, your patients that are carrying these unborn children as healthy as possible so that their children will be as healthy as possible, not just only physically, but emotionally, psychologically, mentally. You talked about their brain development being mm-hmm. affected. What, what do we know about the brain development? Like, how is that affected? So interestingly enough, Female fetuses seem to be 
more flexible in these cases and more resilient. But male fetuses are the ones that tend to take on more, have more trouble basically with, you know, social development and even sociopathic behaviors in some cases, if it's not treated early on. Yeah. And then they think it may have to do, this was like two days worth of talks, some of which I could get a grasp on and some of which was like down to the biochemical level, which is, you know, a little bit more exhausting for me to try to <laughs> try to wrap my brain around. I get it. But really talking about like, basically the fetus is bathed in the hormones and hormones change are very active in fetal development and, and maturation of the brain cells and all of that. So basically some of these hormones that are higher with stress and anxiety can divert some brain development pathways, basically. And they they don't know exactly how yet. They're still working on all of this. People are brilliant. I don't know. <laughs> they, they really are. But that, you know, I found that fascinating to me too. And then really trying to study the sort of the, the two, they categorize you know, children as either, and of course this is, nothing's ever black and white, right? But being more like dandelions or orchids, right? So orchids really need very specific kind of tender loving care to thrive. And dandelions, you can kind of put them anywhere and they'll, they'll do just fine. <laughs> and some of the st- studies they were doing were based on like, well, okay, we know, you know females for sure seem to have a little bit more resilience, but not looking at gender, what else, what else is you know, defining? And, and that I don't think they had figured out yet. Like some, even, you know, despite trauma, maternal trauma and stress and anxiety, some of them still had children that were absolutely developmentally did very well, no matter what. So yeah, there's certainly more research to be done. Yes. Yeah, so, the biggest takeaway for me is that it seems to matter and that yes, yeah, as much as we focus on physical health and medication compliance and all these other things that we're taught to do as, as physicians, the mental health is something that's still pretty lacking that we could focus on more. My biggest problem as far as like, people with significant mental health problems, which I would say was at least a quarter of my patients. There are very few psychiatrists and even psychologists and licensed social workers that provide mental health care to my patients, especially in our West Virginia area. There's actually the the community health center is really good and they have mental health providers there. And those patients are, from what I can see, very well taken care of. But for the West, West Virginia patients that aren't in that clinic, I had one patient basically tell me, like, I called them and they said, I either have to be on drugs or suicidal and otherwise it's a six month wait. And so it's, I mean, this pretty much falls to us in the OB world, either the primary OBs or maternal fetal medicine to take care of maternal mental health because there's just not a lot of other resources out there. And so I do talk about it with my patients, even though sometimes, you know, all I can do is listen, but sometimes that's a lot. Listening and empowering your patients, teaching them tools that they can use to help themselves while they're waiting for these mental health care appointments or in between is incredibly important, right? So there's both passive helping, right? Passive serving where they're seeing these mental health care professionals or you have an ear or there's active learning where you're actually teaching them, sharing with them tools that they can do to help themselves. Yeah, to decrease yeah. their stress, to decrease their anxiety, to help their mental health, which does directly impact 
their body, right? It impacts them physically and then impacts their unborn fetus. So I've had the pleasure of having you in my program, and I would love for you to share the tools that you found helpful for yourself that you've been sharing with your patients. Yeah. So for sure, the meditation, I think is probably the biggest one, even in the, our OBGYN, our obstetrics and gynecology journal, a couple months ago, there was an article that showed that they actually did a randomized controlled trial with OBGYN patients, both pregnant and non-pregnant using the Calm app. Mm -hmm. And even 10 minutes a week of using that app, the, the quality of life and sleep and improvement scores that the patients then reported on follow-up were significantly improved, which I think is fascinating. Like even just a little bit of yeah. this kind of, you know, mindfulness meditation significantly improves people's lives. So I actually am not a huge fan of the call map myself. I like headspace <laughs> and insight <laughs> timer, like I told you, but I, I don't have anything against call map. It's just, I, I yeah. think I just started using the other ones first. But it is something very accessible to my patients. And, you know, I tell them there are many apps out there that can try them or YouTube has some great meditation, but you can find a lot of Deepak, Deepak Chopra stuff on YouTube. So people do try that. There's, a, there's one I tried a little bit in pregnancy called Expectful. It's like pregnancy specific meditations. I didn't find it. I didn't find a need to use it over Headspace because I really like Headspace personally, but, right. <laughs> but you know, it's just, I tried it out just so that I could tell my patients like, well, if you want something specific to pregnancy, this there's this, and there's a free version that's at no cost. So, but meditation for sure is helpful. I, you know, sleep is a huge one. I think I told you it's since using the um, IRST and Yoga Nidra sleep meditations that has like drastically improved my quality of sleep. But I also go over them with them, of course, like sleep, sleep hygiene, right? Like not being on tablets before bed and not watching TV as you fall asleep. Yeah. And, you know, some people are just not ready to make those life changes, but even, you know, hearing it a few times, sometimes people do. So I think those are the biggest takeaways. I love the somatic yoga, but I, I'm not in a, at a level to be able to teach that to people right now. <laughs> so I have a great friend. Um, locally who used to do prenatal yoga. So I would send a lot of my mm -hmm. patients to her class, but, um, and I took it myself when I was pregnant, but she doesn't do that right now with COVID. So that would be great to, to offer that again. I'm actually, I've been, been talking with her about trying to combine that with the pregnancy life coaching and see if we can come mm -hmm. up with something <laughs> together. You can do anything. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So important takeaways here are that you can do things to help yourself. That meditation mm -hmm. has been really helpful, not only to you, but to, to your patients. And studies have shown that you can do it in as little as 10 minutes a week. I mean, yeah. everyone's got 10 minutes in a week. Of course, you know, I would like you to do 10 minutes a day, <laughs> but yeah. at least, but I mean, the, the studies have shown that a little bit makes a difference and that there are lots of different flavors, right? So if you don't like one, there are others out there. There's, and there are lots of, lots of different, just like there's lots of flavors of ice cream. There are lots of flavors of meditation. You know that I'm a big proponent of IRS. I mean, that's what I'm certified to teach. That's what you've learned. And that's just one flavor, but there are many flavors and lots of apps that you mentioned. And so being able to find something that works for you and recognize- yeah, the IRS, I have to say, like when I take the time to do the longer meditations, yeah. it's just amazing. And then I'm always like, why don't I do this more often? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yes, I just have to carve out the time in my day to do it. Cause I mean, the, the, the 10, 15 minute ones are pretty good, but the, the yeah. ones that go like almost 45 minutes, like I always come out of that feeling really good. So. Yeah. It really helps to process whatever experiences are going on and to mm-hmm. really like pressing the reset button. But I'd like to encourage anyone listening that whatever you do, even if it's for a few minutes is more than what you were doing before. So mm-hmm. that whatever you do is enough. And, you know, I get that a lot. I don't have time. So even if it's five minutes, it's five minutes that you weren't giving yourself before and it will make a difference. So recognizing that there are things you can do for yourself. And um, we talked about meditation, lots of choices, lots of free things you can do as well. And lots of different voices and flavors. Sleep. You mentioned sleep hygiene. I love I love that term. Um, mental <laughs> hygiene, sleep hygiene. Yeah, it's just, you know. It's like brushing your teeth. Yeah. Like brushing your teeth. Right, right. Like brushing your teeth. People talk about, you know, the importance of sleep a lot and the sleep cheat, right? Not cheating yourself because sleep is medicine and giving your patients ways that they can improve their sleep. Super important. Yeah. And then and journaling, you, I do recommend to patients too. Yeah. I don't really go into the specific specifics of like, you know, in, in coaching, we talk about that thought downloads and models and things like that. Right, right. Just really just emptying out your brain and seeing what's there. I often just write it on a throwaway piece of paper and then recycle it. I don't even, <laughs> I don't ever, almost never save my journaling anymore, but that definitely helps too, especially when your brain's like just circling and circling. Yeah. So writing down your thoughts. So a thought download for those of you who don't know is basically emptying out your brain or a brain dump, (laughs) writing all of your thoughts down on a piece of paper. And they're just looking at them. I mean, just looking at them and, and, you know, we could, we could do a whole other thing from the things that we want to keep thinking. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. That's right. Like throw away the junk, see what's really not true. Focus on what is. Yeah. It's like emptying out your closet. (laughs) Exactly. Just keeping the stuff that you really love. Absolutely. Okay. So Dr. Strasberg, what, if you could just, you know, leave our listeners with one important takeaway, what, what would you do? What would you say to them? Yeah. You know, the other thing that I tell my patients, which I think is really true, and I'm, I'm, I'm incorporating this into my pregnancy coaching program is pregnancy is the best time to not only get to know your body, but learn how to take really, really good care of it. Because if you can get this habit down in pregnancy and especially through postpartum, for sure through postpartum, then you're like good for life. <laughs> if you can figure out habits through pregnancy and postpartum, you know, chances are you'll be able to stick with them. And it's, it makes it so much more, I don't want to say tolerable because that's not the right word, but just so much more livable. It just makes it better. Thank um, you. And better for the mom, better, better for, for mom, better, better for, for the baby. <laughs> yeah. And future babies. Yes. Yeah. So. We're, we have, again, healthcare professionals that may be wanting to reach out to you to learn more. We have, you know, potential patients that may want to reach out to you to learn more about what you do and, and to maybe, you know, consult with you. So what is the best way for them to reach you? I have a website for my coaching. It's just my initials and life. So ERS lifecoach.com. That's what I came up with. <laughs> Okay. And so uh, my, RS you know, my email, you can, you can message me through there and look at my, like, if you wanted to do a 30 minute meeting to talk about coaching with me, you can schedule it through there. So I would be happy to talk to anybody, whether they want coaching or they just want to talk. That's fine. <laughs> okay. So they can reach you through the coaching website and then the website for Shenandoah Valley maternal fetal medicine. Would you, would they be able to reach you through there in terms of being a patient of yours? 
Yeah. You know, with, it's so, it's so interesting with maternal fetal, we do take self referrals um, if you're local, but we pretty much see every, everybody in the area because there's not very many other MFMs in our area, but yeah, you can certainly look there. Okay. Shenandoah, I mean, if you Google Shenandoah Valley maternal fetal medicine, you'll find us. Yeah. Okay. And on, and co-hosting the journal club on the beloved holistic podcast. So anyway, yeah, I, I do that with uh, Nathan Riley. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Dr. Strasberg. I'm so grateful that you gave us your time and your insight and all those pearls. Thank, Thank you. you to all of you listening for taking time to take care of amazing you. Remember to be kind to one another and to be kind to yourself. And I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode of the Stress-Free MD Podcast. Thank you, Robin. Hi. I'm so happy that you're here listening to the Stress-Free MD podcast, learning short, actionable tools to relieve the stress in your life. And I've got some amazing news for you. I've created some short videos for you where you can learn stress-relieving tools by video format as well. Me teaching you on videos. They're totally free. They're very short. They're about five minutes in length each because I know how busy you are. And all you have to do is go to my website, www.stressfreemd.net. And on the homepage, it says, feel calm now. And then you can click the link to get your free videos and I'll send them directly to your inbox and your email. And you can share this website with your friends, your family, your colleagues, so they can feel calm too. <laughs> so go get your videos. What are you waiting for?